Welcome to the I Am Healing Strong podcast. My name is Jim Mann. And I'm Allie Powell. We're happy to be back with you guys this week. Yeah, it seems like forever since we talked to everybody. Jim, it's been a week. Huh. Okay. Well, anyway, we're here bringing stories of hope and encouragement to people going through different things like cancer or loss or whatever it may be. Whatever that valley is, we're hoping to bring some encouragement. And today, I got like my best friend on here. I just met him, but he's like my best friend now. Speaking of encouragement, I think he embodies encouragement. Yes, he encourages people with, uh, well, I'll let him talk about that, of course. But he's a survivor of, uh, I believe, a stage four kidney cancer. And, uh, well, we had a talk the other day. Sorry you missed it, Al. You're so busy. I know. I know. I mean, you know, young kids. I, I don't know what my excuse is, actually. You have four kids. I have two. I know. It's a cinch. Well, once you get past two, it's much easier. I think it's my husband's fault. <laughs> I'm not going to say that. He's too big. <laughs> well, anyway, back to Clay. Here's his story. Clay Atkins, thank you so much for sitting down and sharing your story. How are you? Praise God. Doing well, Jeff. Doing well. Let me find out about our Clay Atkins here. Besides your uh, your journey with cancer, where did you grow up? I grew up in Detroit, Michigan. Oh, wow. That's a nice town. Big town. Were you in the city or in the suburbs? Uh, yeah, I lived in the city, but then the last five years, I attended Oakland University, a college about 70 miles from Detroit. And uh, subsequently, upon getting my bachelor's degree, I said, no more snowstorms, and I headed west. (laughs) (laughs) Is it true it's always windy there? Uh, It's windy. It's not as bad as Chicago, but it gets extremely cold during the winter. Yes. Great. And where do you live now? I live in uh, San Dimas, Via Verde, California. It's a suburb outside of L.A., maybe about 40 minutes outside of L.A. Okay. That sounds nice. So you have pretty good weather then. Oh, yeah, pretty good weather, and I love the neighborhood. Me and my family have been here 28 years, quiet suburban area, so I love it. Oh, wow. So you've been married a little bit. Uh, yeah, uh, by the grace of God, July the 18th, I'll have it 30 years. Wow. That is more and more rare these days, so congratulations on that. What did you do for a living? I worked as a probation officer for L.A. County for 27, let's see, about 27 years. In addition to that, I uh, did private investigation work on the side, security, and also ministry. My family used to tell me I had more jobs than the Jamaican. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, so you're a busy man. Yeah, very busy. Wow. So when did the diagnosis come about? What made you go to the doctors? Is there something that happened in your life? You know, were you just, everything was going fine, then all of a sudden you felt something different, or was it just a regular routine checkup? No, it was a tribute to my horrendous diet. that actually got food poisoning. Mm. And I went to Kaiser. Um, I went to a restaurant that sells fried chicken, Chinese food, and donuts, which is never a good look. <laughs> the health food, yeah. Yeah, the health food. <laughs> <laughs> and I got food uh, poisoning, and when they were running the testing, they said, we uh, see something on the kidney, mm. and we want to monitor it for a while and see how it's growing. So they did that, and it subsequently... Um, they believed it to be cancer, and it led to a couple surgeries. Wow. Was it stage four at that time? 
Uh, they say they say a stage three, but what happened in uh, 5-15-2013, uh, uh, the right kidney, they did a partial nephrectomy, so they removed part of my right kidney. Hmm. It came back, it was renal cell carcinoma. Uh, a couple months later, um, I was scheduled for a partial nephrectomy of my left kidney, and I'll never forget that. I went in on 10... Uh, 2013, I believe, as if memory serves me correctly, was on a Thursday. And uh, the doctor's making his rounds on a Saturday. And uh, I'm a normal jovial sale. I'm laughing with the doctor. And he say, hey, you look like you're doing pretty good for a guy who had a kidney removed. I say, oh, no, doctor, it was just a partial. He looks at the chart. He looks at me. He say, no, we had the uh, removed the entire left kidney. Mm. That was in a few points that I really lost it. I broke down and started crying. I immediately called my um, wife and son because they were on the way to the hospital. And they said, why didn't you tell me that they took whole kidney? They said, you were such good spirits. We didn't know how to break it to you. <laughs> wow. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> they wanted to keep you happy, huh? Yeah, they wanted to keep me happy. You know, they think I could deal with a uh, partial because I've been through that, but uh, then to realize uh, they took the entire left kidney. Wow. And then after that, they tell me when they do an MRI after that, um, they tell me they see cancer on a remaining left kidney. And I was told to have that removed, go on dialysis, dialysis for six or seven years and wait for a transplant. Mm. At that point, I was tired of being tired. I did not want any more surgeries. I have a couple at my church who are very close to the senior pastor, Pastor Diego. And he heard of my plighting condition and he could really relate to my situation because he had battled kidney cancer and God had delivered him from kidney cancer. So, um, he brought me, my wife and son, up to his office. Well, first he called me, and I was amazed because Abundant Living Family Church is a church of over 13,000 members. Wow. So when you get a call from the senior pastor, it's not like a small church, but it's a church that big for him to have such compassion for his sheep that he called me, and he prayed, and he said, I want you and your family to come in uh, to the office and he really prayed, and it's amazing how God will send people at the right time, even though I've been in ministry for a long time, is how do we respond when sickness comes to our door? And right. at, the, at that point, I was really discouraged, but when he brought us into the office and prayed, and then he said, I want to um, introduce you to Dr. Tony, who was um, a well-known holistic doctor. And... Um, begin his uh, program, his treatment. And I had to change 53 years of bad eating habits. <laughs> I was raised by Southern parents. And if it was not fried or smothered in gravy, it was not food. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> if you did not have dessert, the meal was not complete. Oh, yeah. And I remember talking to Dr. Tony once I started the program. I'm like, okay, how long does this diet last? And he, <laughs> he, 
he told me in the most blunt of terms, if you want to live, it's forever. <laughs> wow. And so I had to change everything about my eating habits. Because uh, many times working law enforcement, sometimes I would work 16-hour days and would grab whatever food, take it into the jails, and when you get a break from the inmates, would eat it. And I had to retrain my body, my mind, and take care of it in order to live. Mm. Well, that's, that's hard to do. I mean, I remember when I got my diagnosis and I just, I put it on myself to cut out sugar. And yeah. of course that's half the American diet right there. Definitely. And that, and, and I got no support <laughs> with anybody <laughs> around me, man. And I was known for eating a lot of desserts. I'm a skinny guy. I can't gain weight to save my life. I know it's a terrible thing. But uh, I worked at the radio station, so people would bring in stuff all the time. There was a dozen donuts here. I would eat at least half that dozen because they just thought it was great that I could eat anything I wanted and still be skinny. But obviously, it has nothing to do with health, does it? Whether you're skinny or fat or whatever, it's what you put in there that makes a difference. So so obviously, you went and became a, um, a total healthy eater, like a lot of vegetables and fruits or what, what did he put you on? Uh, yeah, a lot of vegetables and fruit. Um, one of the biggest things like you went through is trying to let go of sugar, which was a hard battle. I mean, I used to, when I'd get off duty, I would have a pitcher of Kool-Aid in my refrigerator. Oh, yeah. Uh, sodas. Um, I can say everything fried. So to change 53 years of bad eating was a challenge, to say the least. Mm. But I knew I wanted to live. And change is not always easy, but if we want to live, we have to be willing to change. And one thing when I minister to people a lot who are battling illness is that you have to change your mindset if you want to live. Because a lot of times people, when they're diagnosed, say, oh, this is so hard, I can't change. Well, what alternative do you want to end up on dialysis? Do you want to have an early death? Uh, you have to have something in you that wants to fight to live and I give this uh, scripture for us, um, for us men thinking so is he in his heart. A lot of times we, people who battle an illness, will focus more on the oncologist's report than what the Word of God says about healing. Mm -hmm. They can tell you on the oncologist's report on page one, uh, you know, paragraph three, it says this is going to happen. And I often say, what does God say about your condition? <laughs> You know, by his stripes, we are healed and we have to change our mindset to believe and know that God is a healer. He's bigger than any um, diagnosis that the doctors give. Yeah, very true. Now, before the holistic doctor, did the other doctors want to put you on chemo or radiation or what, what did they want to do? Uh, they said that was not effective for kidney cancer. Okay. Uh, their solution seemed to be uh, to just cut, and I never will forget the doctor who tells me right in front of his wife, the one who had performed the uh, first two surgeries, he said, well, if you don't have your kidney removed and go on dialysis, you're going to die. Wow. How much? Did, how long did they give you to live? Uh, he didn't give a specific date, but he said, if you don't have the surgery, you're going to die. Wow. And can you imagine at the time my son was in high school and the thought of 
I may not be able to see my boy graduate high school. It was just devastating. Yeah. Those words, because I don't care how much faith, how long we walked in faith. When the illness comes to our door, it becomes a very different story. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's that's what hit me the hardest. I'm like, oh, my kids, you know, none of them were married at the time. Uh, I, just a couple had graduated from high school and was in college. I thought, man, I got to start making videos that they can play when I'm gone, you know, for the special moments. And that was that was too hard to handle. Yeah. But, you know, it's like, oh, I got to start doing that. I even had somebody who does videos offer that. And, and another ministry offered to put down all my life in memories so we, they can play it later. And I thought, oh, my gosh, I'm not ready to give up. That's, yeah. that's rough. Through, it's rough, Jim. I went through something similar. I wrote my will and I told my wife, this is what I want to happen. I want so much of what's left. My son's college education. And I'll never forget one thing my wife did. She tore up my wheel. She said, you're not going anywhere. Mm. And you need people in your life when you're going through. Uh, and at times when our faith may get shaky, that can encourage you in the faith and say, no, I know God is somehow going to make a way out of this situation. Yeah. When you went on this diet, stuff like that, is that what turned the, uh, your cancer around? Is that did they, the tumors shrink or what happened then? Um, I went back to the doctors after I started the program. I remember going back to interventional radiology once I refused to have um, the surgeon have my kidney removed. And he tells me that, hey, it's not new cancer in your remaining um, right kidney. It's just remnants from the previous surgery. Hmm. But if I had listened to the first doctor, I would have been on dialysis. Wow. Uh, which would have given me a lifestyle that, I mean, I'm 53 years old. I wanted to live and I wanted a certain quality of life. Right. And I know on dialysis, I would not be able to have the quality of life that I was used to. So I'm so happy the Holy Spirit uh, breathed into me, do not have the surgery. And then he brought people into my life uh, that showed me you can beat this. It's beatable. Right. Because a lot of times we hear that diagnosis and the doctor say you're not going to live. You have to fight to say, yes, I'm going to live. Yeah. Uh, one of my favorite scriptures was Psalms 118, 17. I shall not die, but live to declare the works of the Lord that somehow that I'm going to come out of here with a testimony. Somehow I'm going to live, uh, irregardless what the doctors say, somehow I'm going to beat this. Mm. And your mindset is so important when you're battling to know that uh, you can beat this. One scripture that immediately comes to mind was Isaiah 26 and 3. Thou will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee because he trusteth in thee. Believing and trusting God that somehow, God, by your grace, I'm going to beat this. And it took me a minute, but when I had Pastor Diego and other people pouring into me, I begin to see the vision of myself being healthy. I begin to see the vision of being whole. And I begin to put in the work that it took. It was not, change is never easy, especially mm -hmm. like we talked about, Jim, changing bad eating habits. Uh, learning how to rest. I never took time really to rest. Never. Sometimes I was 16 hour a day, 
the only day I would be off was Sunday, and that was ministry. So I never really knew how to rest. I would always be running at 100. Yeah. <laughs> that doesn't last too long, does it? Oh, it doesn't last too long. <laughs> <laughs> now, all this is from nine years ago, right? When you first yeah. got the diagnosis? Uh-huh. Wow. So after you changed your diet, you were surrounded with the right people that encouraged you, and you've been through the, uh, the cycle where, you know, the fear that you first get and the depression that you're thinking, what, you know, what is happening? You didn't see it coming. And then your attitude started changing as people came around you and encouraged you and God uh, spoke to you. Don't worry. I've got this kind of thing. Now that that's all happening, which I'm assuming that's where you are right now, right? Yeah, I did have one um, incident that happened after I had the original surgeries in 2013. Every year they would do an MRI yeah. where they would look at the remaining kidney. And 11, 19, 20, 21, well, a, a little bit time before that, they saw a small growth on my remaining kidney. Mm. And they said, well, if we go in and do conventional surgery, and if we go in there and cut, you're more than likely going to end up on dialysis because you don't have much kidney to work with anyway. Right. And they did a procedure called a um, ablation, right? Kidney thermal ablation. It's right, since it was right on the end of the kidney, they hmm. just went in uh, with a needle and burned it out. Wow. And most people, I haven't shared that with most people, but that's something I went through in 2020. But by the grace of God, I'm still here, uh, still functioning, still no dialysis. And through this experience, it's increased my faith even more. Right. Because when doctors said no, God said yes. Yes. He's a good doctor. Oh, he's a good doctor. I always say it like <laughs> this. I've heard it said and I've used it throughout in my ministry, I say, doctors practice medicine, but we serve a physician who's above all, that great healer, Jesus Christ, our blessed Savior. Yes. So, so he's bigger, more powerful than any diagnosis. Obviously, we know God could heal us instantly. Just, you know, he created us to begin with. He could give us new kidneys or, or whatever it is. But often he chooses for us to go through this so that we could deepen our faith and I mean, he gave his bodies that uh, has an immune system that when we put the right food in there, exercise, you know, the whole gamut, that uh, body is just so incredible the way he created it that the immune system can defeat all these things that try to take us down. And usually we get sick, whether it's cancer or anything like that, it's because we have abused the system, <laughs> like with lots of sugar, no exercise, no uh, rest, a lot of stress. Usually guys like, hey, okay, you need to turn things around. You need to do things the way you were meant to do them. And then the healing takes place. That's what I've found anyway. That is so true. And Jim, you use one key word that I always use in the ministry. When he brings us through, one of my favorite scriptures, for two of Isaiah 43, uh, do not fear if I redeem you. I have summoned you by name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you go through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. 
And then one of the famous scriptures of all times out of Psalms 23, 4, even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. To realize when we're going through sickness, it's not permanent. To realize that if I trust God and make the changes in my life, I'm coming through it. And somebody needs to know that today because a lot of times people will pitch their tent. I'm sick. And there's nothing I can do. But you serve a savior that can bring you through it. That's the key to know. Yes, I may be battling cancer, but God will bring me through. I may be battling leukemia, but God will bring me through. I may be battling COVID, but God will bring me through. Whatever the illness, whatever the sickness that God can bring you through victoriously. And we have to realize, even though I'm going through, this is temporal. So it's important that we get that in our spirit to know God's going to bring me through this. And I always say it like this. He'll bring you through the test with a testimony of how good he's been, because it's one thing to say, oh, God is good and he'll bring you through anything. But when you lived it and you know that, you know that you're only here because God brought you through it. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's an amazing thing. You're talking about deepening your faith and your belief and your trust in God, knowing that God, you're going to bring me through. That's right. If you don't go through the valleys, then your faith is pretty shallow because you don't experience God fulfilling his word in your life. You know, you, you can read it and you can believe it, but until you actually live it, you know, your faith is just kind of shallow. But I know my faith has deepened tremendously since I've been through this, and I'm sure yours has too. Oh, yeah. It's amazing how the adversities in life, the difficult situations in life, they bring us into a closer, more intimate relationship with Jesus Christ. And sometimes he has to get us in a place where you're going to hear me and hear me alone. Mm-hmm. You're going to know when you get through this that I'm Jehovah Rapha, the God that heals. You're going to know that I did for you that what nobody else could do. Doctors may have given up, but I'm going to bring you through. So it's like you said, things like this strengthen up. Our faith, I remember as a boy, I used to hear older saints in the church say, I know too much about him. You can't make me doubt him. <laughs> well, I've lived enough life now. I've gone through enough life to know that to be very true, that I can't doubt God, irrespective or irregardless of what a doctor may say. I can't doubt my God, that I know he's going to bring me through. It's not too difficult for God. And so somebody needs to know that today who's Bella Whatever your situation is, it's not too difficult. It's not too hard. It's just right for God. For with God, there are no impossibilities. And I can just shout when I think about how good God has been. And that with him, nothing is impossible. So we just have to place it in the master's hands and know that he will. That's right. We Some of us spend most of our time praying for God to you know, that we can avoid problems, you know, help us yeah. to dance around this or take this away when actually he just wants to take us through. Oh, yeah. So he can show us what he's all about. Oh, yeah. It is in those most troubling and most difficult times in our life when I think we learn a lot more about God. That's right. I want to talk about these texts of encouragement that you do. What is that about? Uh, God laid that on my heart. I've been doing it over two years. It started out small. Uh, but now every day I send over about 200 or more scriptures, inspirations every day. When wow. COVID came and people were on lockdown, I was like, 
God just laid in my spirit. How can you encourage people during this season? You can't go out to the hospitals to visit people as much as you used to. How can you make a difference during the season? And like I say, it started out very small. I think it was just the local uh, Hill of Strong I got involved with. I think it was about um, 30 people uh, that I started out with. Um, then it was family and fraternity brothers back east. Then it was people at church who heard about, hey, can you send me a scripture? And like I say, I know daily at the point is over 200 people every day. Not only do I send a scripture in the morning, I'll send them something at night. Um, I get calls throughout the day, people who are battling illness, and we'll just pray and believe God for healing. One of um, the things, Jim, that's most important in my life, and one thing that I live by is that we're blessed to be a blessing. Any way we can be an encouragement to the body of Christ, it's a blessing. I love it. And every day I'm up, my wife laughs, I'm up at uh, usually 4.35 in the morning. I start sending out the scriptures of inspiration back each first because five our time is eight their time. And hmm. uh, go on. And like I say, it's over 200 every day. So are you wanting this to grow? Um, However God leads. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> Put it this way, Jim, you could you could send them out in uh, 15 minutes, but uh, not a lot longer than that. <laughs> so you do each one individually, that's what you're saying. Uh, I do some in groups like Healing Strong, but for Healing Strong, I have three group texts because on Apple phone, you can only get 20 people on a group text. Okay. So I'm up to about 60 for the Rancho, so... That's three group texts. And then a lot of times after I finish the group texts, then I start on individuals. Okay. Well, yeah, because I was about to say, hey, let people know how to get a hold of you if they want to be on this list. But, you know. Oh, they can. All right. Well, how can they, they do can. that? Um, you can contact me by phone, 909-971-7988. Or would it be helpful also if I give you my email address? Sure. That'd be good. Okay. It's big, B-I-G, C, 0718 at gmail.com. Perfect. Hopefully it won't be so much that you're doing this 24 hours because I wanted you to get some rest. <laughs> well, you know, <laughs> it's funny, Jim, that you mentioned that betraying I am. Um, even though I had to retire from law enforcement, I thought I feel like I'm working full-time between ministry and my wife's honeydews, I still have a full-time job. <laughs> yes, but you're loving it, I'm sure. Oh, I'm loving it. I would not have it any other way. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like you're loving life and enjoying your relationship with God and your family. So I think that's a pretty good thing. Yeah, and I'm sure you can relate. When you go through experiences like we have, it makes you that much more appreciative of life. Mm-hmm, definitely. Because you realize God gave me this precious gift of life. Things that previously used to annoy me, I'm just so happy to be alive. <laughs> yes. It doesn't bother me. I used to, when my wife would go to the mall, and how much did you pay for that dress? I'm like, nah, I don't even want to know. It looks <laughs> beautiful. 
You should have gotten well, two of them. Yeah, <laughs> really. <laughs> that's pushing it, though, isn't it? <laughs> oh, I'm pushing it. <laughs> oh, well, Clay, it's been a pleasure talking with you, and I'm sure your story is going to encourage people that are going through something because we're all going through some kind of valley, whether it's the beginning of it, the middle, the end, or if you're not in one, hang on. <laughs> it's coming your way. So, just so uh, true. Got to trust God. Trust God. It's okay, Jim, with you before we close off. I just have a word of prayer for everybody who's in the midst of the struggle. Perfect. Yes. Okay. Dear Heavenly Father, we come before you with bowed down heads, dear Heavenly Father, saying thank you, Lord, for your mercy and your grace, dear Heavenly Father, for allowing us to see a brand new day, dear Heavenly Father. We thank you, O Lord, for your mercies, dear Heavenly Father. We thank you for your kindness, dear Heavenly Father. We Thank you, Lord, that each day for your tender mercies, Lord. We thank you for your faithfulness, dear Heavenly Father. And Lord, we just come before you with thanksgiving, dear Heavenly Father, that you are Jehovah Rapha, the God that heals, dear Heavenly Father. Somebody needs to know today who someone may be fighting depression and anxiety. They're worried about the diagnosis, dear Heavenly Father. But Lord, help them to seek you, dear Heavenly Father, to realize you still have healing in the hem of your garment, dear Heavenly Father. Lord, we can bless your name and say thank you, dear Heavenly Father, that you're bigger than cancer, you're bigger than COVID, you're bigger than leukemia, dear Heavenly Father, you're bigger than any sickness, dear Heavenly Father, and you still have healing in the hem of your garment, dear Heavenly Father. Lord, we can shout hallelujah knowing there's no difficulties that we face that is too hard for you, dear Heavenly Father. We thank you, Lord, that you're the God of impossible, dear Heavenly Father. What may seem impossible with man is just right for you, dear Heavenly Father. Healing just right for you, dear Heavenly Father. We pray all those who are struggling mentally with their diagnosis, Lord, that you get a peace that surpasses all understanding, dear Heavenly Father. Lord, we pray for a great manifestation of your healing that even doctors will scratch their head and be amazed, dear Heavenly Father, for you did what they couldn't, Lord. You healed, you delivered, Lord. We thank you for your mercy and your grace, dear Heavenly Father. We thank you for the host, Jim, that you will continue to bless and keep him and his family, dear Heavenly Father. We pray that the body of Christ will be encouraged you, dear Heavenly Father, out of every test and trial will come a testimony of your mercy, your grace, your healing, your deliverance, dear Heavenly Father. We thank you, Lord, for being Lord of Lord and Kings of King, Lord. We thank you, Lord, for your mercy and your grace. Continue to make ways, Lord, and we'll continue to give you all the praise. We ask all in Jesus' beloved name. Amen. Amen. You're a good man, Clay. <laughs> all right, well, I love you, and thank you for letting me share, and whenever you need me, I'm available. Feel free to put my number and uh, email out there. Anyone who needs to reach me or just want to uh, call and have a word of prayer. All right. I'll do it. Okay. All right. Thank you so much. Okay. Thank you so much. You have a great one, Jim. All right. Thank your son for the technical uh, support. <laughs> I. It's probably going to cost me a dinner. No <laughs> It's worth it, right? It's worth it. <laughs> All right. Okay, All right. you have a blessed day, Jim. You too. See, I told you he was all about encouragement. Is he like the nicest guy ever? I mean, he's he's pretty awesome. I don't know. He's is he nicer than you? It's it's kind of like a tie. So he's like my new best friend. Oh, now I know why you said he's your new best friend. Why? Because you you think he's like you. You think you're like him. Yeah, probably. I want to be him when I grow up. <laughs> well, you got a little bit of work. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but he lives all the way over on the West Coast. I'm on the East Coast, so we probably won't hang out a lot. But still, I'm going to call him. I'm going to call him every day. 
I think we should take a road trip. Okay, just, yeah, it's four-day drives, not a big deal. No big deal. We won't get on each other's nerves by then. <laughs> oh. We'll certainly need his encouragement by the time we get out there. Yeah, you're already on my nerves just thinking about it. Oh, so you're not as nice as he is. <laughs> oh, I just slipped into second place. Man. <laughs> oh, well. I want to be humble and let him be the nice guy this week. That's what it is. Next week, I'm going to be great. Next week. What's next week, Jim? Another podcast. Oh, you get to see me again. Yeah. Put it on your calendar. Count the days. And thanks for joining us this week on the I Am Healing Strong podcast. We look forward to what next week holds. Right, Jim? That's correct. Thank you for doing that. You've been listening to the I Am Healing Strong podcast. Every week we bring you stories of hope from people who are facing life-altering challenges and finding out that God has a plan for your life no matter what you're facing. It's all a part of the Healing Strong organization. To find out more about Healing Strong, go to their website at healingstrong.org.